0: friends, it's Lacey here. I am super excited today. We are going to be talking to you about water on the homestead. Water is probably the most fundamental and important foundation for growing and being successful and abundant on a homestead. And it's one of the the first things you should consider. So today, Drew and I are going to break that down for you and talk about ways that you can conserve, retain, and maximize the water wherever you are.
1: Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life podcast, where we believe that life is a schoolhouse
0: totally we're super dorks with a passion for sharing our love of homeschooling homesteading natural health care plant medicines natural childbirth healthy eating meditation creative endeavors overall self-sufficiency for the whole family
1: oh and don't forget self-development and spirituality
0: oh of course key players
1: we hope you'll be inspired to do things you haven't try things that could make your life better and mostly we want to encourage you to
0: never stop learning and let your life be a schoolhouse too
1: Hey friends, so we're here talking about water today. This is one of those ones that we tell a lot of our clients that you know one of the big things that you need to talk think about is water and how you're storing water, how you're slowing down water, all of that. So we've got some ideas, like the top kind of eight ways on the homestead to save water, use water uh, effectively. So Lacey, what's your favorite one?
0: Well, I think we should talk about how important and why water is important to start. Yeah. So I think one of the things I like to say to people when they're saying okay what are the most important things and I think the most important things are the most two important things that that are you know necessary for success in life are water and community yeah (laughs) if you have those two things you probably can survive just about anything but water is life and I think you know we look at these other planets and can we live there can we live there and if if it has water there's a potential for life right so that's I think the goal and one of the first things that you can really think about when you're looking at a property or when you're looking at a property you're on is how can you maximize water? It will bring life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing like we didn't even know we were really looking for it, but the property that we got has a pond on it. And mm-hmm. there's just so much diversity around the pond of animals outside of the pond, animals inside the pond, mm-hmm. um, plants, insects, everything. I mean, it's just a lot going on because Everybody is living off of that water. Looking
0: for water. Yeah, Yeah, we see things we never thought we would have seen. Osprey comes on the regular to fish in the pond. We have blue heron all the time, ducks, wild ducks, just constantly. We have muskrat recently and all kinds of things. So yeah, the pond has been a draw for the for just diversity and an ecosystem that we really wouldn't have expected if that had just been a field.
1: Yeah. So, okay, other than diversity, what else? I mean, obviously, you need water to live.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you
1: need clean water. Yeah. Plants need water.
0: Yeah. Plants need water. The ground needs water. I think if, if if it's too dry, then you just can't grow, right? And it adds this moisture. And one of the major things is water will flush nutrients. So <clears throat> whenever we're thinking about planting or Looking at our landscape, the best way to kind of control erosion and whether or not that will be a viable place to grow things is we think about how is the water moving over that space. So it can either take it away or it can help you trap. And if you can catch the water, you can catch those those nutrients.
1: Yeah, and I think a good way to learn that is like obviously contours, looking at contours using an A-frame to kind of map out some basic contours. Mm-hmm. Or the way I like to do it is during a rainstorm get out an umbrella or don't get out an umbrella and go walk out in the rain and see where your water is going how it's flowing across your property Hmm. and that to me is better than like any kind of like trying to guess what it's doing that way you can actually see where it's going and on our homestead we've actually just started setting up like places to slow the water down or catch the water and that allows us to trap that nutrient so our homestead is basically just a hill Mm. and then it the other side is another hill
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. well what what you when you trap the water in that way you not only hold on to the nutrition but you sink the water because if it doesn't roll away then it'll drop down and kind of refill your 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 water system so it's a really powerful way to impact the space that you're on even if you live in a really flat area it can feel like you know, maybe you're on a very even terrain and it doesn't look like there's a lot of contour there, there will be a contour that you probably can't see by your, by the naked eye. But even if there's not, if you built a trench, it would sink that water and just like ditches when you're driving. I mean, they're the first thing to to grow and have all of this kind of diversity around them. And so we can mimic that and do that on our property and take advantage of that.
1: Okay. So some ways to, capture water. The first one I have is rain barrels. So rain barrels are kind of a, kind of a no-brainer, but there's a lot of different kinds that we've used over the years. Mm-hmm. Just from a regular old like bucket, large bucket to pickle barrel. I'm trying to think what else. Think we,
0: we've used trash cans.
1: We've used trash cans. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, we had, we had trash cans. That we, I just put a spout in the bottom of the trash can. Mm-hmm. That I feel like was a mediocre it worked
0: it was cheap and yeah. it, you know we could use it to water the garden and such
1: it eventually broke down then we got like a fancy one from costco and the first time it froze with water in it it split in half so <laughs> uh... I, to me like finding those little those cheap barrels online I, I was looking the other day and they were selling like the pickle barrels for like i think they were like 20 how so big are
0: those
1: they're 55 gallon so you know to me that was like okay that makes the most sense Mm -hmm. i think they're ugly as i'll get out those so that's that's my trouble you know when we talk about the holistic context i mean i think it is important like if you have all these ugly barrels all over your property you know that's not that doesn't really fit in with the
0: form form and function have to go hand in hand right yeah (laughs) at least at our house
1: so yeah any kind of barrel something to collect the water off the downspout yeah. you're not going to want to use that as drinking water but that you know you can get some pressure off of those especially like a 55 gallon barrel to where you can water landscaping with it and all i did was get a spout like a from you know lowe's and use some liquid nail and just drilled a hole through the barrel and stuck a spout mm-hmm. in there so mm-hmm. it, it's not it doesn't have to be super complicated
0: mm. I will say that one of the things that's not even on our list, but that I want to add because it's really important is conservation and using as little water as you possibly can in your own home just to kind of retain the, you know, if you have a well or if you're living off the city, you know, just conserving water is important because if we can know how to use less water to survive, that's a skill set that you know, will help us in the long run too. And then in addition to that, using the water that we are spending in our kitchen sinks and in our dishwasher and our showers, and that's perfectly good water for the most part to use again on our property before we before it's gone, right? So we've used a lot of gray water systems where the water from our showers, the water from our uh, kitchen sink just goes a direct line right out to watering the garden. And that can be a really nutrient dense source of water too. That kitchen, you know, materials kind of going through the sink and we use non-toxic cleaners and soaps to prevent any kind of issue. They're totally biodegradable, and I, you know, you you can eat them, <laughs> so they're totally safe to be using on a garden. There are maybe some some little things you would want to do to filter that, but for ultimately, it's a really great way to prevent the need of using more water. Right? It's just about that balance.
1: Yeah, uh, and it, I think the gray water is great because it just makes you clean up any cleaners like when we started doing it even our dishwasher soap was a little bit not as good as I wanted it to be it was heavy in salts so yeah it makes you clean that all up and makes you you know really realize like should you even have this in your house Mm -hmm. if it's not okay to go on your garden so Mm -hmm. I, I think gray water yeah
0: and there are whole systems of setting up like gray water ponds that filter and and create you know a little ecosystem there so yeah I mean you can really maximize all the water you're using and kind of, you know, create a cycle of water on your property instead of it, you know, in, in one side and out the other, which is, I think how most, I would say generically the, the developed world works, right, it right. Comes in through the faucet and out through the drain. And, and we don't really think about it again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not super complicated to set up a gray water system. You know, you, it's something you can do yourself if you're halfway handy. I mean, I did ours. Um, It's just redirecting some pipes. The main thing that I would say is just to put a valve on there so you can turn it on and off when you don't want it flowing out to your garden. If you're in a dry climate, it might be okay all the time, but Mm. in a wet climate, there might be times of the year where you don't want that gray water going out. So just a little little side note there. Okay, Lacey, what's next?
0: Next, we have small pond on the list. And this is something that's really fun. I think if you take on this project, it can be a really great way to build a small ecosystem in a in a really enjoyable way. I mean, we've just really enjoyed creating a small pond on our property, even though we have the large pond, we just I don't know why we thought it would a good idea yeah
1: I mean because when you're into permaculture you can't have too many ponds <laughs> the the general idea is yeah. the more you can slow water down the better so yeah. once the water reaches our large pond it's basically leaving our property then so we're trying to catch it and slow it down and use it before it gets there so we have Abraham and I just made another pond over by our barn that's just half of one of those rain barrels that busted. Mm. And we just buried it in the ground so that it'll collect water off of our driveway. And slow the yeah, slow the wash. Sl- slow the wash, yeah. Because
0: one of the major detriments to, to landscape is the rinsing off of topsoil. And that happens if you till, if you plow, if you drive, anything like that will expose topsoil that then when it rains, it'll wash off. And if you can slow that from washing off, it builds these really nice little nutrient pockets and even microclimates on your property. And and that's an example for sure of, I can already see that that's gonna be a nice little, I don't know, oasis for frogs and different kinds of plants and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. Once your little ponds at a certain point, like you can line them, you can not line them. We've dug some big ones just by hand Mm -hmm. when the clay was wet and didn't line it and it would hold water for a good while and then eventually it would just all soak into the landscape but everything downhill of it was always like super, you know, rich and moist, you know, yeah. moist. Yeah, so you know, you can do it that way, but being able to just have all of that right around there of that moisture and everybody coming in, you'll see the frogs start to move in. Once the frogs move in, then mm. then everybody kind of starts showing up, birds and other insects mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: it just is an incredible way to to boost the ecosystem so So, small ponds
1: yeah small ponds um the other one this is kind of a different one um is the spiralizer thing is what i have Uh, Uh, what's the name of that lacy do you know i don't
0: know a water restructuring thing i
1: don't know so you guys are gonna have to look this one up we'll Mm -hmm. describe it to you it's like the water flows into it and there's like like a
0: four leaf clover
1: or a three leaf clover like a three leaf clover Yeah. yeah three little like dips and the water flows into it and makes the water spiral and by it spiraling it restructures the water so in the restructuring just means like the help me out here Lace like well
0: I mean in anything like any kind of toxicity or exposure or anything kind of causes molecular on a molecular level things to go kind of haywire that happens on a cellular level and the molecular level and so that happens in the water and so what you want is those the water molecules to be better, to like healthier, more vibrant. And by doing this, apparently it gets it back to, as if it had run through like a brook or even underground, this happens, the water just tumbles and kind of, it's almost like a tumbling of a rock kind of, you polish the water. Yeah. I mean,
1: people say like that, use these We We put one in our pond, in our Creek, but people say like, if you look in nature, you'll see there's lots of spirals through Mm -hmm. any, creek or any river and that is you know what doesn't happen with the water that flows through our pipes for instance in our mm. house or even like if you're connected to city water it doesn't do that so not exactly sure it just
0: like adds life yeah I say. it feels
1: like it adds life
0: maybe oxygenates it a plus little bit plus it's really cool yeah it is You can look, I don't know what you can look up. It's a biodynamic thing. Yeah,
1: biodynamic water spiraler. Mm -hmm. Google that and you're (laughs) bound to find something close. Lacey and I made one by putting concrete, wet concrete in a bowl and then sitting in it. (laughs) And it made like. (laughs) He sat in it. Yeah. And then that makes like the impression. And then from that the water flows into it. So there's a lot of DIY things. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those funny things that I don't think too many people know about that in our Creek, but no. I, people see it and don't even know to ask about it.
0: No, how'd you
1: make that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so that takes us to small Creek. So this was uh, one of Lacey's visions. Um, we wanted this for our now five-year-old for a place for him to be able to play in well, a creek. Well,
0: the zoo locally, the state zoo, right? right here, yeah, that's has it. this amazing outdoor playground, and it's very natural. And they've just created this creek bed that the kids can jump in and out of and play in and move rocks around. And that is, I, when I was a kid, I remember sitting in a creek like for hours and hours just moving rocks. We can still do it. Sometimes we go to the mountains just to play in the in the creek for hours and hours moving rocks around. So that was the goal. And uh, I found somebody on Facebook was selling one of those uh, pumps really cheap. And I said, Hey, let's give this a go.
1: Right. So then we took on like this project. That's like a lifelong project of, uh, we basically put a big plastic pond liner at the bottom of the hill and then have it recirculating the water to the top. And it goes down through some rocks and it's just like a like a fake creek basically. Fake
0: creek, but but yeah.
1: yeah, the cool thing about it is again, like the diversity. So I didn't know at the time, but birds are attracted to running water, like that sound of running water. So we have all kinds of birds that come in and
0: we watched in the for a while bluebird yesterday bathing in the creek. It was very entertaining. We had
1: like a whole flock of uh goldfinches gold that yeah. come by and they all like take turns.
0: And there's a frog yesterday. I took a picture that lives in there. Every time you walk by, there might be a couple actually. They just, they, you hear them jump in. Well, yesterday there's uh, lily pads in there and it was just sitting, sitting on a lily pad. Content yeah. as could be. So, yeah.
1: It's a, it's a super fun little project it, and it really didn't end up being that much money, but I think like it's outside our bedroom window too. So you can hear like the creek running when the yeah. windows open.
0: People, uh, people spend a lot of money on these. I think ours was the budget friendly version is about uh, $200. Yeah. Right? I was going <laughs> to say
1: probably 200 ish kind of dollars. So yeah, it's, but that I think. When but you, it's
0: been the perfect place for it to plant around too, because yeah. you know, that moisture off the pond feeds. I mean, it it just works really, really well to create another, again, little micro-
1: Microclimate, yeah. So that, I mean, that's the idea guys, is on the homestead, how many different ways can you create microclimates? Mm -hmm. How many different ways can you use water, one set of water to do like multiple things? Like, you know, for instance, that's like the enjoyment of the water. Our kids Mm -hmm. have a place to play. The Mm -hmm. birds, we're attracting more birds. Mm -hmm. We're adding moisture in that area to the plants. You know, like all of these things,
0: it creates our functions yeah, yeah i mean creates, there's a lot yeah when you look at permaculture i think the ideal number is seven right five can, seven I mean, is it five? yeah
1: seven is like seven is like super ideal number. Yeah.
0: yeah i'm just thinking of the different ways that a specific thing has added to your to to your property so yeah. anyway okay so the next is a bird bath
1: which i feel like is Kind of the same kind as a small Way creek. Way yeah.
0: easier. <laughs> yeah.
1: I put that on the list because I was thinking, you know, like, okay, if you need something super simple, put a bird bath out.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, we did, we still do have a half barrel pond that we love, and it has been the perfect situation. It had a little fountain in it. It has lilies in it and it ha- increased the diversity as well. Same idea. And you don't have to have a pump and you don't have to have any kind of special thing. Just put the barrel wherever you can fill it with water. Yeah, and
1: I got these little circular like fountains that are, it's like a solar panel that just floats on the top and it shoots like a little stream of water into the air. I think they were like 20 bucks. I mean, they're not expensive at all, but they're, you know, just adds like an even nicer little element to a barrel full of water. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's it's super simple. Keeps
0: it moving, helps prevent the mosquitoes from, you know, taking over, that kind of thing.
1: So then the. And you
0: can put fish in it. So. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. put
1: goldfish, and we had goldfish living there for a long time. Yeah, And then another one, the big permaculture one is swale. So we kind of touched on this already, but just mm-hmm. putting a swale is basically like a mound, mound. like yeah. a long mound on contour, just meaning like perpendicular to the way water runs. So the idea is to just catch that water and kind of spread it out across your landscape. Mm-hmm and with this can be
0: so simple it doesn't have to be like a a giant mound. it can really be just like a very small trench
1: (laughs) a very small trench yeah the downside to that is we've learned like that's mainly what we make because we don't use like machinery or anything to make ours but they do eventually fill up with topsoil and even still they they
0: still you can see the diversity if you look at the property where we've done those you can see how green it is yeah. In that space versus, and the the diversity in the grass, the way it's grown back is just way better than.
1: Yeah, you just you know, come back and touch them up again. So we yeah. just make them with like a shovel, just map out our contour line, and then go along with a shovel, dig it out, put that on the top on the downhill side, and mm-hmm. that's your swale. You can plant into that anytime you're exposing soil. You want to be. You know have seed ready to put into that soil to cover that soil so that mm-hmm. you have what you want instead of nature filling it in for you
0: a lot of people use the key line method too which is similar to swales but they just it's much more like that it's like a little trench that they do yeah. on their property against contour so that it's any water that's moving is going to stop and sink
1: yeah so i feel like that i don't know What else do you want to talk about?
0: Well, filtration, we can talk about a little bit. You've got some ways that you can filter water that plants are ideal. If you're talking about doing, you know, a pond, you can for sure put lots of plants in there that will help filter the water. Reeds and, and canes and grasses all help filter that water. And that's something that we're working on currently in our big pond. And then, you know, just having a way to filter water for your own consumption is a really good way to plan for, you know, should the water shut off. And it just makes you more self-sufficient to have something that you can rely on, you know, if you can't rely on the water or the electric to pump the water out of your well, which is the case for us. We have actually lost our well because the electricity has been shut off for, you know, after storms and whatnot for a week at a time. So we know what that feels like and it can't flush the toilet. You feel pretty. Yeah,
1: it's not fun hauling buckets of water uphill just no. to flush the toilet.
0: Uh-uh, no. However, we do have a plan for drinking and that is the Berkey. So we have a Berkey filtration system that would literally take our pond water and turn it into drinkable water. So that system is easy. A lot of people have Berkeys. We'll share a link for that in the show notes because we think everyone should have a Berkey. It's just one of the most simple filtration systems. Um, it doesn't involve any kind of heating or cooling or you don't have to attach it to your house. Um, and it's the most affordable, I think, option.
1: It's gravity fed too. Yeah, totally so gravity fed. You just pour it in the top and... I mean, it's not instant. I'd say that's the only like downside is no. it feel it like gravity filters it through these like carbon filters that mm-hmm. literally filter out everything. If you're on city water, I would totally have one because it filters out like fluoride and stuff out of your water. But yeah, that. We have like the big, I think it's a four gallon one because Mm -hmm. we got a lot of water drinkers in our house. Mm
0: -hmm. And we still have to, we have to fill it pretty frequently. I wouldn't say maybe like once a week. Once
1: a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that is an exhaustive exploration on water. (laughs) (laughs) I hope, I hope this has been helpful for you guys. I hope that you got some uh, good ideas here. We'd love for you to leave us a review. Tell us it. Tell us in the review what your plan is for water. What are you going to add to your homestead on the waterfront? Tag some friends on social media and Instagram that need to know more about water. And thanks for joining us.